It's the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Thursday, November 2nd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that, man, you run into a tough goalie and things just don't go in, Russ. That's a part of it. Yeah, we will get into that game versus the Sabres, talk about the Stadium Series game, and answer your mailbag questions all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. And we are at Locked On Flyers pretty much anywhere you look on social media. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get the latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, of course, the biggest thing to come out of this game against Buffalo was the Carter Hart injury. Um, He leaves the game about 10 minutes into it. Uh, Definitely looked a little shaky, like there was something wrong. Trainer comes out and then he just decides to pull the plug. Um, and Sam Merson comes in and plays the remainder of the game. Yeah, there was a sequence where he kind of like um, was spread out and on, on his stomach and got up a little slow. And then while there was a stop and play and they were probably at commercial, uh, the trainer came and looked at him and said he was okay. And then after that, a couple more shots and then that was it. He was done. And so you know, they're saying mid-body. Uh, we could all guess at what it might be, but I don't really have a great feeling for what it is, so I'm not going to say. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, you know, after all the consternation we went through with the goaltending decisions, Felix Sandstrom, um, who was in net for the Phantoms uh, as the Flyers were playing the Sabres, he had an okay game, I would say, for a first game back after being uh, out for quite some time. 24 saves on 28 shots uh, for the Phantoms. They lost in overtime to Hershey. Uh, side note, J.R. Avon got his first pro goal in that game. That's good. Nice. Um, which was the game-time goal to force overtime. So, um, you know, s- some uh, early Phantoms Tuesday knowledge there. But... Um, I, I do think that we're going to have to wait and see what happens with Carter Hart and see if they decide to just have Felix Sandstrom come back up. Or Cal Peterson, uh, if they don't feel like Sandstrom's played enough, that'll be the decision to be made. It probably will be Sandstrom. But again, if all this if all this was handled a little differently, I'm not going to tell you Carter Hart wouldn't have got hurt. But, you know, he did play seven of nine. You never know. But the thing is, Sandstrom now, if they do bring him up, you know, he hasn't played at all this is his first game so now you have to play urson uh at least that next game and they're probably going to play him a couple games and then so it's like 
maybe you shouldn't bring Sandstrom up. Maybe you should bring up Peterson until the road trip so Sandstrom can get another game in. That might be the better way, actually. I think that's a fair point. And, you know, again, we'll we'll wait and see what the decision is and what's going on with Carter Hart. We'll talk more about it on tomorrow's show. In the meantime, uh, yeah, the Flyers just had a tough time getting one past Lukanen, obviously had a ton of scoring chances in this game. And, you know, aside from, you know, very early goal from Joel Farabee, that was kind of a fluke. That was a fluke goal, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you you take them. You take every kind of goal you can get there. And and a great goal from Cam Atkinson, who, again, continues to play really well overall. Yeah, when when the Flyers were down 2-1, though, Torts was pretty hot and bothered on the bench. He wasn't liking what he saw. It wasn't a great first period. Even though they tied it, yeah. it still wasn't a great first period. It was just one of those things where, hey, they were resilient. They got the game tied. Now, the second period was interesting because they did even out their play, but I felt like they were playing so defensive that and, – and and Buffalo was kind of doing the same, that there wasn't a lot of offense for either team in that period. Now, you know, when we get to the third period, yes, Pekka-Lukanen played a great game, but – there were a bunch of mistakes, a bunch. Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the things was just organization on the rush, I think, was a problem to a large degree, mm-hmm. especially on some of those rushes in the third period where they just weren't getting optimal chances. Even though they were good, they just weren't optimal, and the timing was just a little off. They, they were shooting a yes. little too early or a little too late. A lot and of misnets too, on, on some really good yeah. looks. Yeah, um, Tyson I will Forrester say that... had a, they, they gave him a great look. I think it was in the second period and he completely missed the net. You know, Tippett had a really good look that he missed the net. And then the one that he took down the lane, like there was no way he was going to score that on Pekalukin the way he was hugging the, the, the post. So you kind of wish a flyer was there to back him up and maybe, you know, not going to rebound, but there wasn't. So, yeah, they, they missed on those kinds of things for sure. Yeah, I, I do want to call out Morgan Frost again, though, because I thought he had a pretty solid game uh, overall. And I thought he had some really smart plays throughout the game. He was um, keeping him out of trouble by bringing the yeah. puck up the ice. He was smart around the neutral zone, wasn't turning the puck over. He played a very intelligent game. He also got killed, I think, by Alex Tuck on one play and, and came back yeah. from that easy. I, I mean, no, he, he played well. The... um. Travis Sanheim on uh, Tage Thompson, it's a bad play. I mean, Tage Thompson yeah. just goes right around him, and he gets that big goal. Uh, that was that was a tough one. Uh, see, Sanheim was kind of like 50-50 that game. There were some good moments and bad moments. He's yep. still learning. Yep. He's still learning in that top spot. But the other parts of this game, like, again, I felt like the fourth-line usage was excessive. I don't know how many minutes they had, but they put him out there like on a defensive zone uh, sequence. And of course, you know, they lost the puck and then they have a hard time getting the puck back. I didn't understand using them that way. didn't make sense to me. And uh, they had about a little over 10 minutes on that. Yeah. So that was, I felt like, I felt like they probably should have just been used the requisite eight, but, but Lawton's trying, you know, but again, it's, it's, he's not a miracle worker. It's not his fault. That, that line's kind of dead when it comes to scoring. That's really what it is. And then puck possession wasn't so good. But the um, 
the thing is with the bottom pairing, if you're going to lose games, then you might as well lose with the young guys on the bottom pairing and, and not have Zamula be the only guy in there because again, Louis Belpedio, he's just not doing anything. He's not doing anything to hurt you. He's not doing anything to necessarily help you. He's just filling a void. And I don't know how long you want to go filling a void when you might have somebody that after a few games could start picking it up as a young player and really get some great experience and improve. I just feel like that's something where, you know, the the defense is just too veteran right now and they're not showing off well enough that I would keep it that way. I can see that. Um, And I also can see, you know, Torts not wanting to make any change because he's the don't change things that you don't have to kind of guy. But I, I, not sure what they're going to do there. Um, I still don't think, you know, until we go through this entire weekend of Phantoms games, they're even going to consider anybody else uh, until after that point. So another to be continued conversation there. But in the meantime, uh, I was able to attend the opening press conference that they had uh, through the NHL for the stadium series game that the Flyers are playing in in February. And we will get to that coming up next. You know that feeling when your favorite Flyers player scores a hat trick? If you want to get that feeling and win 100 times your money, play Daily Fantasy Hockey on the Sleeper app. As the official Daily Fantasy app of Locked On NHL Network, Sleeper is our top choice for Daily Fantasy sports, especially Daily Fantasy Hockey. Fans can also play Daily Fantasy, NFL, NBA, MLB, and college football on Sleeper, and entries can be made in under a minute. With elite players like Connor McDavid, Cindy Crosby, and Austin Matthews, plus the new guys like Connor Bedard, all you need to do is make more or less picks on stats for these stars. Choose from stats like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. To win on a 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Flyers fans. You could win 100 times your your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. On tomorrow's show, we will be talking about Flyers vs. Sabres part the second as well as previewing the weekend matchup against the LA Kings in the second half of that back-to-back. I had the pleasure of going to MetLife Stadium for the NHL's uh, opening press conference for the stadium series that's taking place in February. Um, It was was very interesting, I gotta say. Uh, It was kind of a bummer because I didn't get to go at field level because they moved it inside. Uh, because of the weather um so that was kind of a bummer but the stadium looked gorgeous and and they had mocked up where the the ice was going to be you know with i saw pictures yeah like temporary boards um and the screen was all lit up obviously and um yeah so it it was really cool um they had you know it was a lot of people on the dais because there's four teams involved um you know plus they had governor murphy there from new jersey as well as of course gary bettman um i think a presser like this is the only environment where he's not going to get booed because it's all the professionals there (laughs) but 
So coming out of that press conference, um, we did learn that there will be a music concert experience on Saturday night, but they were not going to say who it was yet or if there's multiple musicians involved. We don't know yet. But the Flyers-Devils game will be the 40th outdoor game for the NHL. The uh, Rangers-Islanders will be the 41st, but the Flyers have the honor of participating in the 40th, which is you know, a pretty decent milestone for the league for going back to when they first started. Yeah, I'm well into double digits. I might be around 20, maybe even over 20. So yeah, it's I probably am over 20, actually. It's it's yeah, it's a cool thing. I know I've been on the field there and I could tell you compare it to other football stadiums because like I was at Heinz Field and a bunch of the others, Lincoln Financial. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a lot like the Lincoln Financial, and that was good. And so I yeah. think it's gonna it's gonna look very similar to that. Yeah, all the sight lines looked like they were gonna be fantastic. So yes. I think you know, if you're going so no matter where place, you're but when you're watching a game there, the views are great. Like yeah. That's the thing about it. It's it's a intimidating place from the outside. It takes a half an hour just so everybody knows. No matter where you think you're sitting and whatever time game starts, you need a half an hour to get to your seat. I'm just letting you know that now. Um, but otherwise, it's going to be a good venue. Yeah, definitely got a sense of the perspective there, and it seems like every seat there is going to be a good seat. So um, yeah, and if you've never been to an outdoor game, um, highly recommend it. Like I've been to six of them, yeah, just sit sitting high in the stands. Yeah, sit high up so you can see everything and get get a full view of everything. Um, I think as far as the flyer side of things go. I did get to talk to Keith Jones uh, directly after the press conference was over. And uh, I talked to him about, you know, how are they going to make this fun for Flyers fans? Because there's kind of the lone visiting team in the metro right. area where it is. And he said, you know, sometimes it can work to your advantage if we start well in the game. And, you know, really, we're going to push to get our fans to attend as well. And there was a a really funny joke when uh, Governor Murphy was interviewed. Um, he said, yeah, I'm going to reroute for the Devils because, you know, New Jersey. And Keith Jones uh, up on the dais uh, said something about, uh, well, you know, our practice facility is in New Jersey and a lot of our guys live there. So maybe you should think about <laughs> rooting for the Flyers, too. Um, we have a full video of that, which will uh, drop in right. the show um, at the end of this segment. but. Uh, it was uh, it was really cool. I also asked him about, you know, just in terms of him wanting to get more involved in the day to day on the player level. You know, does he miss the broadcasting side of things and, you know, being kind of one removed with Danny Breer there as the GM? And he's like, no, he's like, we have a really great balance. You know, I'm having a lot of fun working with Danny and he's um, he's so smart. And I was like, you're not just saying that because he's two feet away from you right now. <laughs> he, he's like, no, no, he's a great guy. Um, he's a, and Keith will tell you the truth. He That's the one thing. He's always told me the truth. I did also ask him uh, about Sean Couturier because, you know, this is the 40th outdoor game and Sean Couturier is the uh, current flyer that has the most outdoor game experience. He's got five of them right. under his belt. Uh, James Van Riemsdyk, who we just lost, had seven. Uh, yeah. with you know with his time with the Leafs but so I was like it's a special occasion might there be a letter on his jersey at yeah. at this game and um Keith Jones said yeah you know he always has a letter you just can't see it 
and so he kind of went into i thought it was a really good quote actually so you know he said it's i think in this quote, case it's a little sad too i mean again i just i don't understand the the way the flyers are doing it i don't and it's really sports it's not the flyers Right. He said, you know, the captaincy is something he doesn't need to worry about, but he leads by example. Uh, he'll be unaffected of whether he has that letter on the sweater or not, because he's such a great player. And we want him to make a priority of getting back into the rhythm of playing after missing two years of hockey. Uh, we don't need to add to that by, you know, a guy really is a, just a player who leads by example and always has been. So so I, I tried. I thought <laughs> I thought it would be. Shot, but again, I did. Nobody's going to be able to explain it to a point where I think it's good. Um, I did also speak with Steve Mayer, who's the director of event presentation for MetLife Stadium, um, because I also wanted to see what the stadium is going to do to make Flyers fans feel welcome right. in the building. And he talked a lot about, you know, the transition over between games. It's going to be a real challenge for them to turn it over from a Devils Flyers game to a Rangers Islanders game in one right. night. And especially because they're going to be putting on this concert after the game. You right. know, they're well, not you know, gonna have... They do have all the lit um, boards that, that wrap around. So they're going to do the colors with that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, you know, I don't know if he's 100% right on this, but I think he's headed in the right direction where he's like, you know, I love the people in Philly and I think they kind of respect New Jersey music and entertainment and it has to be New Jersey focused because that's where we yeah, are. I think they're going to try and get Bon Jovi, whether they're able to, we'll see, but that's yeah. who they're going to try. You know, I tried like two or three different people to try and get it out of them and nobody was talking. So. I think a dark horse. A dark horse could be like if Max Weinberg has a band because he is a devil season ticket holder. Yeah. I've seen him at at, at um, Stanley Cup games. So Max Weinberg, you know, you could see something there with him. Yeah, of course, he was part of the E Street Band. Yeah. Um, for those not familiar with that name and played with Bruce Springsteen as well. So I don't know, but uh, it was cool. You spoke to Nick Mangold. And I, I wanted you to talk to him because I'm a Jets fan, but also because he's a really like, He's a very personable guy. Like he's a lot of times these centers in the NFL, like Jay, like you know, um, Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey. Sorry, Travis's brother, like Jason Kelsey with the Eagles. These guys have a really good personality. So what'd you get out of him? So yeah, he was super cool and um, said that he was still like in the learning phase in terms of hockey, but that he loves the sport. Um, he has skates and uh, you know is skating around with his kids, and so you know he's definitely getting into it. Yes, yeah, so I'm yeah, going to go to the media skate for sure because I'm going to expect to see him there. I think he'll be out there. Yeah, and um, you know, I asked him, "Well, what position would you play?" And he's like, "I don't know enough about the rules and the positions yet to make a decision, but I just want to hit people." And I, I was mean, like, "That checks out, football player." Let's check out. That's good though. But it's good that they had a football player there because I think, again, like a lot of people in New Jersey know who he is. It was it was pretty cool. And um, again, I really think that the stadium is going to be a, a real, it's going to be decked out and it's going to look really cool. Yeah. And if you've, again, if you've never gone to one, like this might be a fun one to go to. Nash Transit's easy too. Like you basically, you just need to get to Secaucus Station and then there's a train that goes right to MetLife and you're better off just doing that than trying to drive, honestly. Yeah, I think so.
a good time was had by all um i think the it was like the devils and islanders mascots were there as well so you know they tried to make it a little festive but i will drop in the video of what danny breer and keith jones had to say when they were talking to kevin weeks great coming up right now and let's cross the delaware river to philly so we've got danny breer and keith jones jones i'm going to start off with you congratulations by the way on, on your new roles thank you absolutely richly deserved you grew up in Brantford, Ontario, same hometown as the great 99, the great Wayne Gretzky. I'm sure you would have played a lot of outdoor hockey growing up, uh, and you've been around the game in your awesome broadcasting career. The Flyers are now becoming a little bit more competitive. You guys are opening some eyes around the league. What does this mean to your franchise? Uh, it means a lot, and obviously the culture within our franchise is something that we're really trying to focus on and make sure that we build from within. Dan Hilferty leading the way, our governor is here today, which is great to see. Uh, ownership has really bought into what we're trying to do. Uh, we want to be at where teams like the Devils, Islanders, and Rangers are at right now, eventually. Uh, I'll remind Governor Murphy, a lot of our players live in New Jersey. <laughs> a lot of our residents, our practice facility is in New Jersey. Uh, we have a lot of ties. So don't cheer too hard for the Devils. I can use another fan. But, uh, you know, we're in the, a growth period. We're having a lot of fun, Danny and I, you know, working together to try to get things back on track. So we're really looking forward to our fans having an opportunity to come up here. It's you know an hour drive uh, to enjoy some great hockey outdoors that I know the players love playing in and their families love being a part of. Um, I've been fortunate to see a lot of those games through my broadcasting career and cover them and just to see how much more that type of regular season game means to the players. I think it really is something that you can build upon. I think the fans are gonna have a great time watching it. Well, I'll kick it to Danny now. Uh... B, you've played in the league a long time. You were kind of ahead of your time as being what was considered to be an undersized player, but a very skilled player, a creative player, which fits the mold of today. So you certainly understand your players, but maybe you can speak to the fans and some of the orange and black. Uh, I love playing in Philly since my early days in the AHL, but they've got great fans. Uh, so maybe you can speak to how many of them we might be seeing, we might see migrate from yeah, Philly up here. Amazing fans. I, I was uh, very fortunate to play uh, in front of the fans in Philly. You know, and, and I know we, we hear all the time how that they can be they can be hard, they can be uh, tough on the players, but they're passionate, they love their sports. Um, it was a privilege really to play there. Um, you know, when I started, yeah, the, the game was a little different. Uh, I, I tried to run away and survive in, in the league, but the, it's changed a lot. The, the rules now, I think, makes our game a lot more exciting. It's, it's really fabulous to see. Um, and, and having the chance to play here on such a big sta stage for, uh, for our players, but also for the fans to enjoy. Um, like we said, we're just down the, down the, the turnpike here. Um, a lot of our guys are in New Jersey, so um, it, it's gonna be a blast to have all the fans from the four uh, teams have a chance to, to watch here at, at MetLife. Awesome stuff. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. You don't have to spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who will only see it in search. As soon as you sponsor a post, you get that short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches your job description. Plus, you can invite them to apply right away. 
Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash locked on to get started hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150. If There's no better way to snap into the action this NFL season with, with them. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get into the action this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, wrapping up today's show with our mailbag. Uh, John wants to know uh, about the power play. <laughs> Assistant coach Rocky Thompson has to be held accountable too. He was hired because of his power play guru reputation, having developed some of the sport's strongest collegiate power play programs and two Stanley Cup winning power play unit teams. But his tenure as the power play expert here has been dead last in the league. It can't be all on the players, can it? No, it's not, because we've had different players for two years now. There are better players here now this year, and they're falling into the same traps. Bad zone entries, not set up, can't get set up, don't go to the net. There's you know at least three or four things that they're not doing. You rarely see one guy go to the other side and cut across the grain. You know They have players that can do that. When you do that, you can really cause some havoc. Matchup problem-wise, do you ever see them do that, Rachel? I mean, I never see them do that. Um, they do it in every other league and every other – many other teams. So, yeah, I do think he needs to sort of switch up. Torts needs to get them to switch up responsibilities and take Rocky Thompson off the power play because I just think he's failed. Yeah, and I'm not sure where you go with it in terms of, you know, is is can you put Bradshaw on it or is this something that – Yeah, that's what you have to do. That Torts needs to take – control of himself um, but they absolutely need to switch things around I think they need some system adjustments I think you're right they need to move the player personnel around a little bit and just um, really start from scratch here and I think they need know, to start from scratch this is a tough week to do it with four games in six days they gotta or maybe this isn't the week but you can't keep using that excuse either because you're going to need it to, yeah. to actually you know have guys develop to try and get them to play better Absolutely. Uh, so they got to find time for it and dedicate, you know, some some real thought into what they want to do, because I do believe the Flyers have the personnel to at least be 15, 20 percent better than they are right now. Yeah, they're at like 14 percent or something like that. And that's up from 5 percent. So like, yeah, it's been pretty pitiful. Yeah. Steve wants to know what can the Flyers do to balance this new aggressive approach with defensive responsibility? Well, I mean, again, we've talked about it. It's okay to have aggression. It's not okay to put your team in a bad spot and, you know, get a fighting major when you don't need it. You know, there's certain times, look, if they're down 4 nothing in the game and a guy gets a fighting major, I'm not going to bother him over it. It's fine. Game's most likely over and that's it, fine. Um, there should be a limit to how many fights Nick Sealer wants to get himself in because he is a defenseman, and it, you know it does shorten the bench too much for that. That is an issue. You don't see a lot of defensemen fighting in this league, and there's a reason, and that's the reason. 
So, right. and I think that's why Delorier has taken on more of the fights thus far. Yes, yeah, and because that's really his mostly his job. Uh, Hathaway that used to be half of his job because again they just got their first goal the other night for the fourth line all season. So it's like if they're not if they're not controlling the play and they're not getting points, it's okay to have them out there, but you got to be aggressively smart and at least control the puck and they. Don't do a great job of that either. But I think now with Lawton there, it's helped it a lot. And that's no shot on paling. It's just the upgrade Lawton over paling. And so, yeah. you know, that's you have to sort of look at that. But if nothing else, yeah, there is a way to do it. Yeah, and I think that if they're trying to come from behind as well, like they have to, like they can take some risks, but then you also have to be able to cover your bases there and not get yourself in trouble uh, by going a man down when, when you're trying yeah. to come back as well. Uh, Jess wants to know, what does Tyson Forster have to do to get going offensively, and will they take him out? So what they what they have to do is with Tyson Forster is he will get taken out eventually. I mean, there are only going to be so many games they're going to give him. They're giving him more rope than, than other players because the coach likes him and they like, their sh- like his shot. But he needs to not think about things the same way as Tippett. It needs to just be fluid. They get him the puck, he shoots it, and he doesn't think about it. I noticed there's that little extra, you know, one-tenth yeah. of a second that's adding to his thinking time, and NHL goalies are going to stop it. When he starts getting confidence, he can start working on the angles because he needs to vary his angles a lot more. He's not – I don't notice him doing that much. But right now he's not scoring at all, so you kind of have to just start it off slow. It may be too much for him right now. We'll find out soon. But that's what's really happening with him. Yeah, it's just the one of these things where he just needs one to get going. And then I think the confidence will will be there for him. And I do think for, for him, sitting a game is not a bad thing. And I don't think it would be something that would hurt his confidence because that's something he needs to build. So maybe watching a game right. or two um, is pretty good. Uh, last question. Blake wants to know who's off to the best start in the team, in your opinion. Travis Connecting. He's off to the best start. He, you know, aside from that one turnover that maybe hopefully doesn't get in his head now and he doesn't stop scoring a little bit. Uh, up to that point, he was he was scoring at the best clip of his career, really. Uh, so he looks like a leader. He acts like a leader. He scores the big goals. He's their best player. Couturier's added a lot of things to the lineup. Don't get me wrong, but Travis Konechny is their best offensive player. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, you know, relative to expectation, I would say Cam Atkinson, just because I just really didn't have any idea what he was going to look like sure. this season. Yeah, it was fair. really hard to tell, um, but he is just, uh, I think he is getting close to back to his level of game here and he's contributing, yeah. he's scoring goals getting assists I, I think that he's just a, a, been a real bright spot this season so far and I, I'm really happy to see that for him yes yeah, I'm here I'm happy all right that will do it for today's show of course we will be back tomorrow to recap uh, or to talk about Sabres part two and preview the game against the Kings As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you've got mailbag questions for us, you can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail, send us a message on Twitter at LockdownFlyers, or comment over on YouTube. 
I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day.